Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Hi there, and welcome to your podcast or mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with JP, the creative mind behind Junk Foodies. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of things, why don't we start out with a brief description of the podcast? Hey, Sherry. Yeah, so um, getting into the meat and potatoes is a a very appropriate uh, (laughs) analogy to use for my particular podcast. So as you mentioned, it's called Junk Foodies. The idea behind it is to look at those foods that don't get a lot of respect, the, the foods that we call junk, and uh, treat them like you might a, uh, a meal at a fancy restaurant or something like that. So I will take, a, with my guest, I will take a beverage, a savory food, and a sweet treat, and we will review I, uh, on each of those and then give them a star rating, uh, similar to a fancy restaurant getting, uh, you know, between one and three Michelin stars. We have a one to three star rating system for this particular quote-unquote meal. <laughs> well, I happen to love it. There aren't, there aren't many podcasts that, that cover junk food per se, you know, with the exception of like the nutritional ones that really bash right. junk food. And I grew up with junk food. I admit, I love junk food. And I think that's kind of a, a universal thing. I mean, food in, in general is universal. We all have to eat, of course. But um, every culture and every country on earth has foods that are, you know, either uh, packaged for convenience or are just hitting those, you know, the, that particular combination of taste buds, you know, sweet, salty, fat, etc. So I think for sure that it's something that just about anybody can relate to. And I get the impulse of some to kind of say these are no-no foods and you shouldn't touch them and that kind of thing. I've always kind of thought that to have a healthy relationship with them is, you know, to do everything in moderation, but uh, include moderation in that and so every once in a while just let yourself go and, and enjoy life a little bit but I'm certainly not advocating that people eat junk food all day every day but that shouldn't mean they can't enjoy it from time to time of course I mean and, and they're like the the junk food snobs who won't admit that they eat little Debbie or <laughs> or, or, go, or go to the Burger King drive through when in fact they do they just hide it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I kind of tongue-in-cheek chose the name junk foodies because when you think of a foodie, you think of somebody you know, eating foie gras and some free-range egg that was pastured in, in some, on some farm in Vermont. But even those people, I think every once in a while, just feel like having a good Snickers or a, a, you know, chicken nuggets or something like that. And, and I'm saying it's okay to come out of the shadows and admit that we like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what compelled you to start podcasting? 
Well, my day job uh, requires that I drive around a lot. I went from getting burned out on radio to listening to audiobooks and enjoying that. And then uh, somebody at some point told me about podcasts, and I thought, well, this is interesting, and it's free, so, you know, no cost to get in. It's, uh, it's a win-win for me. So I started listening to them, and they really helped pass the time on those days when I was spending a lot of time on the road. And um, occasionally I'd be listening to one, and my mind would wander and start thinking, like, if I were to do this, you know, what topics would I cover? And there are certain shows I like listening to repeatedly. I'm kind of a, a big fan of a podcast called Doughboys, where they review chain restaurants. And so they will review everything from McDonald's to Pizza Hut to, you know, anything that's basically a franchise. I always have a, a lot of fun listening to that particular one. And I think for the same reasons I was talking about earlier, I think we can all relate to having grown up eating at chain restaurants. In my job, I'm driving. So every once in a while, you know, at a convenience sake, you, you go through a drive through that kind of thing. And so I thought, huh, I wonder if I was doing something that I could relate to almost as much as chain restaurants, um, but put my own spin on it. You know, what would that be? And so I came up with the idea of reviewing junk food, just as kind of a, broad concept and I thought oh that would be fun and then I was listening to another podcast and they talked about this particular app that they were using that uh, helped make podcasting really easy and they set it all up for you and they have all the tools and so then I didn't really have any excuse not to do it other than lack of time but I found a way to make some time for it and I just kind of tweaked the, the show concept from the beginning and had added little segments and done little tweaks and I think it's still a work in progress but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So when did Junk Foodie start? September 2019, so just really recently here. And we are now either 13 or 14 episodes, somewhere in the neighborhood. I've got a couple in the can that I am not, haven't released yet. Do you have a, a specific day that you put them out? Is it weekly or biweekly? Yeah, great question. So I have tried to do – my first couple of episodes were – sporadic and then I read somewhere that a good way to grow following is to have a consistently released episode and try to do it around the same day. So typically what I've been doing is releasing, I work on them over the weekend and then I release them for Monday morning. This last couple of episodes has been different though because I wanted to do episodes all around holiday themed stuff, uh, that, which I call the 12 treats of Christmas. So each episode will have three different holiday themed foods. And to kind of fit everything in before Christmas, because I didn't think it made sense to have an episode after Christmas talking about the 12 Treats of Christmas, I kind of condensed that a little bit. So short answer is typically once a week. Longer answer is not counting the month of December where things went a little haywire and, you know, I've got episodes that are different number of days apart just to kind of fit everything in. Mm-hmm. So how are you recording and uh, editing your shows? Is there a specific software program that you use or a particular microphone? It could be anything from B6 to, you know, advanced. Yeah. So another great question, and if you actually give the show a listen, you'll probably notice a difference in quality from the first couple of shows to the latter shows. I started out just recording on my iPhone through this app called Anchor which I referred to earlier that I was listening to a podcast recorded through Anchor and they were saying how easy it is and that kind of thing. And they've been really great to deal with. It's, it's made it uh, quite easy. They have sound samples you can splice in and music and everything else. But I found that just using that and my iPhone wasn't 
quite giving me the, I was cringing a little bit when I was listening to playback because I have, being a podcast listener, I know what I like to hear and what I don't. And there was more of stuff I didn't like than, than I wanted there to be. And so I started doing some, some Googling and, and going on Facebook and asking more experienced podcasters you know, what they were doing. And from there, I found the Audacity software. So I've played with that now for a few episodes, and I'm really happy with the ability to cut out awkward silences if they're you know, too much or uh, which I'm notorious for. I can kind of cut some of that out, um, <laughs> speak of the devil, and I can make it sound a little more seamless and maybe a little uh, more pleasurable to listen to and not so amateurish. Uh, I haven't gotten a microphone yet, but I'm waiting on one. I ordered one over on, on Cyber Monday through Amazon, and so I'm waiting to see how that changes things up, but I got a, a USB microphone, so I'm hoping that will provide a more auditory uh, auditorily pleasurable experience for the people who are listening. And I was just reading about another type of software that uh, w- one thing I've noticed in, in some of the episodes I've had is that sometimes the volume is not consistent throughout. So whether I'm talking to someone who maybe speaks a little bit more softly or, or whatever the case might be, uh, sometimes I'm loud and they're quiet or they're quiet and or I'm quiet and they're loud. And so I was reading about software that you can use that will kind of help equalize that so there aren't as many peaks and valleys. It's a little more consistent and maybe a little more pleasurable to listen to. So that might be the next thing I experiment with. But as of right now, just using either my phone or my laptop and the um, Anchor app as well as that Audacity software. And then occasionally with my more remote guests, I've recorded either using Skype or Zoom. Yeah, well... There was one episode that you were at a whiskey convention, and and that was kind of interesting because you were there live, so you could hear the background, but I think that was cool because sometimes people say, oh, I'm here live, and you don't hear anything in the background, and you're like, yeah, right, are you really there or what? <laughs> so, you know, well, it's just not a time. Well, thank you for that. That's one of those episodes that I have a hard time listening to afterwards, particularly because it was a noisy room. As, as you pointed out, you can hear the background noise. That doesn't bother me as much as the fact that because it was noisy, I thought I'm going to put my phone, I was recording on my phone, I'm going to put it really close to my mouth so that everyone can hear what I'm saying. And unfortunately, that picked up everything I was saying, but it also picked up any time I made a sound, you know, like with a P or any of those plosive sounds. Uh, and so that's all I can hear when I'm listening to it. So uh, I hope if I go to the whiskey convention next year, even if it has a little bit of background sound, that it's a, at least a smoother listening experience, uh, my voice in it, and be sure to either be talking into a microphone or at least holding a phone further away from my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, it, it's a podcast, so people can't visually see it. So having the background mm-hmm. noise, you know, certainly, you know, helps with the vibe. So you mentioned Facebook. Are there any particular groups that you're with, or are you asking people on other forums or other social media yeah. platforms? 100%. It, it's been really huge. And I wasn't it, – it's funny for me to be saying this because I was a guy who – Never was really into Facebook. Uh, I tried it, you know, a couple of times, like years and years ago, and it 
I just kind of got annoyed with it and, and left it. So I'm definitely not the person who's checking Facebook four or five times a day. But when I started this and I realized if I only interview my friends and family, I'm going to have about six or seven episodes and then that'll be that. So how do I get the word out and find other people? And it occurred to me that you know, probably social media would be a good thing for, to connect with other like-minded people. And so I did set up a, a Twitter account and a, a Facebook account at Junk Foodies Pod in case anyone wants to look. And from there, <coughs> I was able to, the, their, the Anchor app has a Facebook group. And so I was able to connect with some people that way and ask them how they're using the app and how they're getting guests and, and also saying, hey, you know, would you like to guest on my podcast? I'd be willing to guest on yours. So I've, I've been able to find some people that way. And there are other groups like that. There's one called Podcast Guest Connection, I think, or something like that. And just doing some searching on Facebook for podcasts, podcast guests, uh, you can find numerous groups out there, and most of them will uh, gladly take anybody who seems like a, a legitimate podcaster and not looking just to you know, market something. And from there, I've been able to connect with a lot of people and, and get guests. And that's actually how I think you and I met was through one of those Facebook groups. So, Yeah, I think so, yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, and I love podcasters who take on something different, that have a different topic. I love right. all the different types of podcasts that are out there, but I always look for the unique or the really niche topics. And there's a whole, like, group of people that – love that stuff so why not talk about it or why not podcast about it and there are so many issues that are overlooked or topics that are overlooked so I really like that aspect of it too I I agree with you I mean there's a lot of on these Facebook groups a lot of what you see are like business podcasts and how to succeed in business and how to be an entrepreneur and all that and while I certainly appreciate that and can see why someone who's trying to make it in business would really you know, look to that for a resource. It's just like, oh my gosh, there's so many of these. I saw a post online that someone had started a true crime podcast and they had just like recorded their fourth episode and they already had 2,000 listens or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, has, is there a way I can tie food into crime? Like, is there, you know, junk food crimes or something? There's got to be a way to make this more sexy. But at the end of the day, you know, although I, I even listen to true crime podcasts myself sometimes, uh, I don't think it would be as interesting to listen to me talk about something that I'm not personally interested in talking about. So I've got my little niche. I don't have 2,000 listeners yet, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. So moving on, I want to ask you a couple of questions that you ask your guests, and we could go back and forth with the answers because I think your answers would be kind of interesting, and then I could I could throw my uh, two cents in there. But before we do that, how would you say that podcasting has improved or changed your life in, in a positive way? That's a great question. I think that it's given me – like there's, there's only so many hours in the day, and I'm – pretty busy and I have a lot of stuff going on personally and professionally. And so once I decided I'm going to do this, I'm not just going to kind of sort of do it, you know, every once in a while, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to try to give it a concerted effort. Uh, I had to find a way to work it into my schedule. And I found what ended up, there had to be a trade-off because I don't have a ton of free time. What ended up happening was I did less of stuff that I wasn't finding that fulfilling. So I'm watching a little bit less television and I'm wasting a little bit less time online messing around or going on Twitter and getting mad about politics or something like that. And so 
I think that I'm just in general in a better mood because I'm having fun with the podcast. And when I'm online, I'm, you know, looking at like the history of Hershey's or, you know, who invented the flaming hot Cheeto or whatever, just to tie into to stuff like that. Uh, I'm also doing, it's kind of changed the way I go grocery shopping now because I'm constantly thinking like, Oh, can I do a show about this? Or how would I fit this into a theme? I didn't mention it earlier, but all of my shows have a theme. So I'm not just randomly throwing three things together. Obviously December, we're having a holiday theme, but before that we did like an all vegan episode. We did a completely nut free episode, an episode of all green foods and et cetera, et cetera. And so I try to have fun with coming up with themes of how things relate to each other and how we can fit them, um, into the same episode, even if I have to kind of shoehorn them in a little bit. And shopping has become a, a different experience because I'm not just on autopilot, but kind of engaging the creative part of my brain and trying to come up with creative ways to put things together. So on the flip side, what is the most challenging part about it? Well, I'm guessing I won't be the first one to answer this this way, but getting guests can be challenging, particularly I mean, you've got a great idea because you could talk to anybody and there's really not a lot of prep work that the person you're talking to has to do, although I have to commend you on your prep work. You've obviously done your homework and and listened to some episodes of mine, so I really appreciate that. But for mine, if I'm talking to – I'm in Alberta, Canada, and if I'm talking to somebody in New Jersey uh, and we're going to review food together, then I have to make sure that the food they have – they have access to the food that I have. So there's a bit of back and forth. I'll even take it further than New Jersey. I recently connected with someone in Australia and she was interested in, in coming on the show. We kind of had a bit of an impact because of course their grocery stores and their snacks and, and the junk food they have is in a lot of cases completely different than what we have here in North America. So it's like, well, how do we find something that we both have that we can both talk about uh, knowledgeably? So in a couple of cases, that's ended up just kind of dying out I've talked to somebody and I said, okay, well, do you have these five or six things? And they don't. And then I asked, what about these two or three things? And then they don't. And then eventually they just stop (laughs) responding to my messages. So I've had a couple of people just kind of drop off, I think, out of, you know, lack of interest or just maybe start to seem too much like work if they're having to go to the grocery store a couple of times in a week to see if I have this or this or this. And so that's been a bit of a challenge as well as just getting guests in general. It's, uh, it's kind of a constant hunt I have to do, and I don't know a ton of people personally to, to be able to do it one-on-one, and so the remote guest becomes a bit of a tool you have to rely on, although recording remotely has its own set of challenges, again, particularly when, you have to, when you're talking about something that you're both experiencing at the same time and, and talking about those experiences as opposed to just interviewing somebody when you can kind of do that at any time as long as they have the free time. So. I think it's those aspects of getting guests and getting us on the same page that have been most challenging. Oh, heck, if if I ever got the chance and you wanted me to guest, I would definitely do it because I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I'm going to take that to the bank. I guarantee I'm going to be following up on that. 
<laughs> well, I'm in Florida, but you know, and and the the weird <laughs> thing is, is that you know, it's like you could find a lot of the things from like Alberta, Canada, and like the Midwest, but not down here. And they, I don't right. know, it's just like the whole food industry is so weird to me as far as mm. like marketing. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. a whole that's a whole other um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a, a few questions that are kind of a variation of what you ask your guests. Sure. So I'm going to start with, what's your favorite food combination? Oh, boy, that's a great one. I'm the one being put on the spot. Usually I'm the one who's <laughs> putting people on the spot. That's what the hot seat feels like. What's my favorite food combination? Well, this is going to be a little un- uninspired, but a rich, flavorful meal with a good glass of wine, I think, is a really classic combination for a reason. I, I really enjoy that. That's not very specific. If we're talking more junk food type stuff, I think pizza and Coca-Cola are a match made in heaven. I really like that combination. I love chocolate and peanut butter. Again, that's really <laughs> uninspired and not a very creative answer, but I like what I like. Yeah, I think those are probably the things that come immediately to mind. Okay, well, mine is kind of like yours in the respect that any combination of chocolate with peanut butter, chocolate with coconut, or chocolate with coffee. I'm a chocoholic, obviously. Um, But as far as junk food, like uh, drive-through, some days I would come home from work, and I didn't want to, like, cook at all. And I would just go to Burger King. And Burger King used Mm -hmm. to make this. Italian chicken sandwich. It was just basic, like mm. their chicken sandwich with mozzarella cheese and uh, marinara sauce. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I would get one of those and one of their Hershey pies and like mm-hmm. go to town on that. So, but <laughs> on the flip side, I really love filet mignon with a mashed potato or an au gratin and mm-hmm. a nice glass of white wine. So mm-hmm. there you go. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the great thing about food is, you know, you can enjoy a a really fancy meal or you can enjoy something that, you know, is less than $10 and they can both be equally pleasurable and, you know, bring up good memories around food and and all that other stuff that comes with it. So it's not, you know, the availability or the convenience or the cost of it doesn't necessarily determine how good the experience you're going to have consuming it is. Okay, so this could be discontinued items, but what has been your all-time favorite junk food? Hmm. Well, I think the thing that I always come back to is Hershey's has a bar called Whatchamacallit. It's not discontinued, but it's not easy to find. You know it. Right. Yes, I know it. Yeah. So it's it's not super easy to find and almost impossible to find in Canada. So maybe that's why I miss it even more. But I just have a very specific memory of being a child and a cousin taking me to like a 7-Eleven or a Circle K or something like that and um, buying me a candy bar. And we didn't get a lot of candy growing up when we were kids. And so it was a really just mind-blowing treat. And I was sitting in a hot car in the California summer the chocolate's melting on my fingers, and I'm just devouring this thing. And I still have that memory. And so every time I eat a whatchamacallit, which maybe happens once or twice a year now, such nostalgia for me. And it's a great, it's got the crispiness, it's got the caramel, it's got the chocolate. 
it's a really well-made candy bar. So if you, if you haven't had it, give it a try. It's one of my favorites. Oh, I used to love whatchamacallits growing up, too. And they are <laughs> difficult to find. I mean, yeah. I told you, I'm a chocoholic. I have been ever since I was out of the womb. And I think it's because my mom ate chocolate. Um, not a lot, but she would um, get sick cooking food. So she would, like, always get takeout, like Chinese takeout or Italian takeout or get, like, a chocolate bar. So I think that's, it's, like, in my DNA. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> but I think my favorite, like, candy bar has got to be the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Always will be. I love mm-hmm. the fact that they make uh, the dark chocolate with it now because I enjoy dark chocolate. Uh, okay, so yeah. why don't we move on to, like, a beverage? Like, what is one of your favorite um, beverages? Oh, wow. So I I don't drink a lot of soft drinks anymore uh, just because of the, you know, the amount of sugar. I mentioned Coke earlier with, with pizza. That's you know, something I have, but I, I'm not drinking like a Coke every day. I think that probably the thing I drink most commonly that, that's not water is probably coffee. I do enjoy a nice you know, glass of whiskey or bourbon or something along those lines or a beer from time to time. But these are obviously not things I'm doing daily. So if you ask me what I'm, I'm drinking all the time, it's probably coffee. Occasionally, I'll have one of these sparkling waters that are so popular now that are flavored. So there's you know, black cherry and lemon and lime and et cetera. Those are kind of nice because they give you a taste, like almost like you're drinking a soft drink, but uh, without all the, the sugar and the calories. So that's probably what I'm most, most often doing these days. Yeah, coffee is probably my favorite beverage. I drink a lot of water and iced tea, but every once in a while I have to have, like, a birch beer or a cream soda in the bottle, like the A&W or, like, a a cream soda that's, like, really cold or in a frosted mug or Dr. Pepper. But I I rarely do that. If I have a soda, it's few and far between. And as far as, like, on the alcohol side i like a good margarita and i like Mm -hmm. a really good espresso martini or a good chocolate Ah. martini yeah yeah (laughs) combining your loves there chocolate coffee alcohol it's all there (laughs) you know it's funny you you mentioned birch beer i mentioned earlier i'm at the grocery store and i'm seeing these products i'm like how do i find a way to fit these in I've never had birch beer, and I've seen it at the grocery store a couple of times now, and so I'm very curious to bring it on the podcast to give it a try. Another fun thing about having this podcast is those foods that are like, hey, what's that? I mean, now I have an excuse to go and try them because then I have something to talk about. So I'm going to have to do birch beer on, on one of these future episodes. And I will say, as you were talking about, like a frosty cream soda, that, yeah, I have a weakness as well for a good a vanilla cream soda or a, a well-made root beer. Again, not something I have all the time, but... Sometimes you're yeah. just in the mood for like an ice cold root beer or, or root beer float. Don't even get me started. But those, I'll add those to my list. <laughs> so, what about on the savory side? What do you enjoy? So, I mentioned pizza before. That's classic for a reason because it's darn good. I like burgers, uh, like a well made burger and fries. That's just an amazing combination for me. Uh, talking more kind of convenience and, and packaged foods. I like spicy stuff, so, you know, Flaming Hot Cheetos are are fun. There's these Flaming Hot Barbecue Ruffles up here now. I don't know if it's something that's down in the U.S. yet or not, but those are really good. Kettle chips, 
are those really kind of crunchy ones that sometimes you can get more unique flavors with. I really like those a lot. So, yeah, it's, I like a little heat, and uh, I like a little crunch. <laughs> yeah, well, I like pizza and a, a good burger, and I love salt and vinegar chips if they, if oh, they yeah. have the right consistency, and I right. love pepperoni, like just pepperoni by <laughs> itself. Right, right. Perfect. <laughs> so sometimes I'll go to the, the convenience store and they have packs of pepperoni with cheese, and I'll just get that and have it for lunch. I mentioned driving for work, and sometimes that's the kind of stuff I'm eating when I'm on the run. Is you know a package of pepperoni and cheese, and maybe some nuts or something like that that I can just you know eat really quickly and enjoy and get on to the next place. So. So what about a sweet snack? Well. I share in your like of chocolate, or maybe like is too too, <laughs> too diplomatic of a word, but I, I share your chocolate obsession. I really like chocolate a lot. I have a weakness for butter toffee, like if you find in like a Heath bar or a score bar uh, or almond roca this time of year, those are out. I can just go to town on that and, and easily eat a pound of it with, without too much trouble. Similar to that, I guess I like the flavor profile of butter toffee because if there's a good butter toffee popcorn, which is different than caramel corn, I like caramel corn, but butter toffee popcorn has a more buttery, richer flavor, and that's one of my other weaknesses when it comes to sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a popcorn brand that is lighter in calories, and gosh, I can't remember the name right now, and I'll remember it when we are finished, but they have... <laughs> But they have flavored popcorn. They have uh, popcorn with a drizzle of peanut butter and chocolate, or they have kettle Mm. corn. They have a a whole bunch of of different flavors. I I used to um, live in Pennsylvania, and there was a a candy uh, shop. It's called Callie's Candy Kitchen in Mountain Home, Mm. Pennsylvania. And the original owner, everyone called him the candy man. And, and I've known him since I was, you know, a, a kid. He passed away, but mm. his family has kept the tradition and, and kept the store open and kept the quality. And he had a pretzel factory, too. But he had this thing called Jordan crackers. It's like a combination of like a cracker and a cookie, but they're covered in chocolate. Mm. And they're one of the only places in the United States where you could get them. They're so good. And he also has burnt potato chips, which I really loved. You could just walk in that store and fill up your basket with 8,000 different items from spicy to sweet. Um, I helped out one of my friends at her diner, and he would come in and bring in pizza bagels every week. Let, Let me ask you about food that you love that a lot of people that you know can't stand or hate. That's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, I maybe this isn't a good answer because I guess a lot of people do love it, but I really like sushi, and, and it's one of those things I could eat all the time. But I know there are a lot of people who don't like it. It is very popular, so maybe this isn't the best answer, but when I run into people all the time and say, I can't eat seafood or the idea of raw seafood just like creeps me out and I can't do it. And I just want to like take them by the hand and <laughs> on this magical journey and to teach them about Japanese cuisine. And, and uh, it's like, Oh, you're missing out on so much, but I understand different people have different tastes and some people don't like texture and, and that kind of thing. So that's the one thing that I really like that kind of 
surprises me when I meet people who don't like it at all or aren't even willing to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that too. Mine is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this or not, it's its very Dutchy. It's called Scrapple. I've heard of it. I've never had it. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I love it. A lot of people <laughs> hate it. It's just a combination of a, a lot of things that, I don't even want to know that's in it, but it creates this thing that's like, and it, and it doesn't look particularly appetizing, but it tastes so good. <laughs> I yeah. love it, especially with some ketchup. It's, it's really good, and you have to fry it really crispy, too. I don't know. A, a lot of people are grossed out by it, but I love it. So <laughs> for, okay. for me, my grandmother and a couple of other people around growing up used to love liver and onions, and I couldn't grasp mm. that at all. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I'm with you on liver. I, I was forced to eat it as a child, and I'm a pretty open-minded eater, but I just can't do the taste of liver. It's, uh, that one's beyond me. <laughs> so um, do you have a favorite ad icon, like a, a mascot for a food brand that, that you really like? I love that question. That's great. Let me think about that. Huh. My favorite food icons. For some reason, the the one that comes to mind is not even a real one, but the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters is is a really fun icon. I always liked that there was a chain when I was a kid. I think it was called Bob's Big Boy, this chubby kind of guy holding up a plate or something like that. And I remember wondering what that was as I was a kid, and, and I can still kind of see it vaguely in my mind. I don't know if that place still exists. I don't know. There might might be a couple of them left, but I yeah. certainly haven't seen any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have to Google but, that and see if yeah, it's what I remember. Yeah, seeing, exactly. But. Yeah, because I remember going there too. I think mine is probably, you know, and I'm gonna harken back to the chocolate, but it's good old Count yeah. Chocula. He's my man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do an episode of all Halloween things, and this is one of the challenges I had with people finding the same things that I have, and Count Chocula was going to be on the menu, and it ended up falling through, and then Halloween passed, and I wasn't able to do it, so I've still got a box of unopened Count Chocula, but I'm going to have to find a way to sit and do another episode, maybe an all-chocolate episode or something. Yeah, there you go. Hey, if if you need (laughs) someone for that, count me in. (laughs) You got it. I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, okay. So getting back to your podcast, you mentioned your Facebook page, um, but how can people um, find you on social media and listen to your podcast? Yeah, so we're on all the, the major platforms in terms of listening, so it shouldn't be hard to find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. And that's the Junk Foodies, so Junk, just J-U-N-K, and Foodies, just the word food with an I-E-S at the end of it social media both facebook and twitter at junk foodies pod and we have an email account which is junk foodies pod at gmail.com where we take listener questions and if people want to get in touch to be a guest on the show or have suggestions for different themes we could do love getting uh, messages from people and i recently secured the rights to a website which will be up and running here pretty soon once i have some time to work on that so stay tuned for that and I think, <laughs> I guess I better double check, but I think it's junkfoodiespod.com. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely announce that on our social media when it's up and running. Cool. <laughs> well, well, in closing, do you have anything else that you'd like to add, or is there anything that I missed that you'd like to um, put out there? 
No, I think we, you did a, a really good job covering everything. And now I just have to pull out my calendar and we'll find a way to get you on the show in the near future. But thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. And, and I really appreciate the, the effort you put into it and coming up with questions that were relevant. And obviously the homework you did and listening to my podcast as well. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you, JP, for um, coming on my show and talking about junk foodies. I think it was a fun conversation, and, and I love talking about things that I love. So <laughs> junk food being one of them, yes, I'm going to <laughs> admit it. <laughs> okay, well, th- thanks again, and thank you to everyone listening to your podcast or mine, and we'll chat soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.